This is the John Oakley Show podcast. Here's what's on the Oakley Show podcast for Monday, October 12, 2020. There is no time to fear the Reaper. We're joined by Eric Bloom of Blue Oyster Cult to talk about the band's first new album in nearly two decades. Are we all in this together? Not according to one local voice in the business community. All of this starts now. That's part of the new album just released by Blue Oyster Cult. The symbol remains. They came out with that on Friday, and uh, I gotta say it's it's catchy. I, I like the heavy metal and the hard rock, and uh, the Cult do it as well as anybody. Uh, but it's been a while in coming. Eric Bloom, lead singer, guitarist, and keyboard player for Blue Oyster Cult, has joined us on the line uh, in the aftermath of the album release party or the launch party, I guess. Eric, how are you doing these days? Uh, doing great. How's uh, everything up there? Everything's fine. By the way, did you guys have a launch party for the album? Uh, not a real party, being in this uh, COVID world. Yeah, it's tough, eh? Uh, but you had some time, I guess, quality time in the studio during shutdown and uh, cranked out a bunch of tunes. So, But it's been 19 years in coming. What took so long? Well, that's a good question. Um, 19 years ago, we put out our couple of albums about around that time. And... Um, not many people picked up on those records, so it was a little disappointing, even though we thought those records were pretty good. And uh, so we were in no rush to make another album that was not promoted well. So um, we do you know, fairly well, pretty well touring. So uh, we do um, 80, 90, 100 gigs a year. And uh, so we just kept touring and um, no rush to make a new record. And... Uh, about 14 years ago, a couple of new guys came into the band and uh, kept touring. And um, those guys were uh, Richie Castellano on guitar and keyboard, and uh, Jules Redino on drums, Danny Miranda on um, bass. And um, we've been touring like that for several years now, and we thought maybe it's time, this band is so good, to start looking for a new contract. And our management... Uh, found a deal with a European label called Frontiers, and uh, they gave us the wherewithal to um, get that spark of inspiration to get to work again. And we did. So uh, last summer, we uh, signed that deal and uh, got to work, and uh, the result is uh, sitting in your hands there, 14 new tracks from uh, Blue Oyster Cult. Yeah, pretty good critical reviews, too. Hey, I got to ask, though, uh, you know, over the uh, span, the broad sweep of Blue Oyster Cult, as you're mentioning, the new members coming in, uh, Richie Castellano and that, uh, did you see the whole musical landscape kind of shifted for two reasons I'm asking? I mean, when you're saying going out on tour, whereas it used to be tours to support album sales, now it seems like touring is the way to go if you still want to make some coin. But secondly, I mean, with metal and hard rock, uh, for the diehards, it never went away, but there have been transformations in musical idioms, would you say? And so how did you guys survive all of that and uh, keep persisting through it? 
Well, it all depends. You know, uh, obviously, musical tastes go up and down. In the 80s, you know, we had uh, a few hard times there in the middle of the 80s. And then um, all of a sudden, you know, we just got more bookings than we could handle uh, starting in the late 90s. And then um, everything is, uh, you know, of course, COVID now, we can't work. So everything is, uh, you never know what's going to happen. Um, I have friends who are comedians, uh, professional comedians that do uh, cruise work or work in theaters or work in clubs, and they can't do anything. So uh, it's a strange world we're living in right now. And um, we had uh, one outdoor gig uh, a week or so ago that was, quote-unquote, COVID safe near Pittsburgh. And we have a couple of shows booked at blueoystercult.com. People can see what we're doing um, after Christmas, before New Year. And uh, must be must be in COVID safe uh, surroundings, or there wouldn't hmm. be booked. And um, then um, next year are all the shows that will push forward from all the cancellations we had this year. So uh, we'll see how everything goes. Yeah, wow. Uh, as you say, really living in strange times. Eric Bloom again, lead singer, guitarist, keyboard player for Blue Oyster Cult. The symbol remains. They uh, launched that on Friday, and. Uh, it's out there now, but again, you know, supporting it with a tour. By the way, when you, you mentioned Frontier being your uh, label out of Europe, I mean, you guys uh, were fairly big in Europe. Where did you find most success commercially? Well, mostly uh, Western Europe, well, Western Berlin, shall we say. Yeah. Uh, we just never really hit Eastern Europe too much. But um, I have friends like in Uriah Heap and other bands that tour all over uh, Western, uh, Eastern Europe, but well, we never quite made it over there but uh you know we've toured all through um uh, france and germany and uh, england and scandinavia and, um we usually go once a year once every two years and uh, through most of those countries and uh a lot in the uk we're supposed to be this week we're supposed to be uh with deep purple in uh, england right now and uh it was canceled and it's pushed into october of next year mm. so well um, yeah who knows what's going to happen um, when they've always had a pretty good metal scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. were mentioning Uriah Heep and, uh, you know, Motorhead, Lemmy, I guess, uh, where were they? Manchester and uh, Deep Purple, I think, Birmingham, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, again, Eric, you know, I got to ask you this because uh, I got my own trusty bell here. I always like to ring to get people's attention, but you know the, the question I'm going to ask you because <laughs> it's ubiquitous, eh? Uh, in fact, Christopher Walken was mentioning in an interview uh, last week that he doesn't even like to go out in public because people always come up to him and say, more cowbell. Uh, how did you guys yep, get implicated? Yep. Yeah, I mean, that was that was obviously uh, pretty good career-wise and profile-wise and all the rest of that, but how did you guys uh, and Don't Fear the Reaper get implicated in that sketch? Well, uh, um, that was unknown to us. We, they didn't tell us they were going to do that. Uh-huh. And, of course, it's 20 years ago, right about now, that that skit was on the air. And obviously, as they say in the showbiz, that, that skit has legs. Um, it's become part of the English language. Um, I was reading Auto Week, which is a car magazine, and I was reading a car review, and it says, uh, you know, it lacked a little uh, acceleration and the brakes and this and that, or whatever the car review was. It says, this car needs more cowbell. So, I mean, people know what that means now. It's crossed over, and um, it's kind of interesting. And, and, you know, if you watch um, our – we have three – four videos out off the uh, new album. People can go on YouTube and catch four uh, Blue Oyster Cult videos. 
And uh, the video of That Was Me, uh, which is the first cut we released, um, mm. has our original drummer, Albert Bouchard, on cowbell. Uh, just to prove that there there is plenty of cowbell on the new album. <laughs> I love it. It's sort of an inside joke there, but it became became a popular uh, culture meme there as far as the cowbell. Yeah, well, Will Ferrell uh, wrote the skit, and uh, according to the uh, history of SNL, he wrote the skit and presented it a couple of seasons before, and they didn't go for it. And then I guess they must have been hurting for skits. He says, how about that cowbell skit? And they said, okay. <laughs> so... Um, I think what really makes this skit is a couple of things. Uh, one, I think um, there's a lot of ad-libbing. Um, and uh, I think when he says, you know, you're all going to be wearing gold diapers, I, I don't think they were expecting that line. <laughs> and also, Will Ferrell's very small shirt. <laughs> that really makes it also. Right. Um, he's, it, it's, uh, it's, it's funny. It's still funny. And, yeah. and uh, of course, I think it got so funny from all the ad-libbing that the actors start cracking up, and that's what really makes it funny. Right, what well, was Christopher Walken's line? You, you're all going to be wearing gold diapers. And uh, I guess yeah. Chris Catan says, I don't, know, I don't even know what that means. And he says... Yeah, exactly, uh, I, yeah, I think, yeah, I think they were all astounded and, and shocked by, <laughs> by lines that were not in the script. So they all start cracking up, and, and uh, it's, uh, you know, that show is live. So... Um, uh, God bless them all for, you know, picking us. And, um, of course, I am sitting right now as we speak in the very spot where I watched that live and um, in in my family room in my house. And, and it was uh, my jaw dropped when I saw behind the music Blue Oyster Cult. I said, oh, what are they going to do to us, you know? <laughs> and I had no idea. That was a tribute but of anyway, sorts. it's 20 years later. Well, good on you, and uh, yeah, it's been a long while in a new album coming out, and you've got, your, it's a real hands-on production for you as well, uh, and Richie there, I guess, doing some engineering too. Uh, you like that kind of control? Uh, well, <clears throat> uh, we, have, we really haven't had an outside producer in many years for, for all our albums, um, and this record was made under a COVID condition, so we um, started writing pre-COVID and uh, all the rehearsals and the uh, basic tracks were all done pre-COVID. And then in February, when we were getting ready to do overdubs, it was uh, um, uh, COVID had set in and, and people were conscious of, of not getting too near each other. So we did the whole balance of the record, all the keyboards, live lead vocals, guitars, background harmonies were all done from home. So it was all done uh, with Richie being the pivot man at his studio in Staten Island, uh, which is part of New York City for you Canadians. Um, <laughs> and and uh, it's uh, Richie, we got him a, uh, a heavy-duty computer with a big hard drive for his home studio. And I did my sessions from my house and Buck did them from his house. And uh, all the drums and bass were pretty much done already. So... Uh, as, as an example, uh, like, say, one in the afternoon, I would sing from my house and Richie would engineer it using, uh, like, Zoom. And um, that's how all everything was done. Hey, by the way, uh, you missed the crazy days, you know, uh, through the 80s and all the touring and stuff that went with it? Um, well, that, that, you know, we did big, big tours in the 70s and early 80s, and then uh, things quieted down a little bit, and then we got right back on the horse, you know? And um, right now, you know, of course, everything is different. But, uh, 
you know, we're doing very well. I uh, can't complain. Uh, it's been a, a, the 50th anniversary is coming up. So Yeah, it's uh, crazy, eh? The I, passage I, of I time. Can't, I, can't complain a, I can't complain a bit. Yeah, no, Eric, I was just thinking about, you know, all the, the sort of uh, the rock and roll lifestyle, you know, when uh, you're a rock and roll idol or a god and you're going on tour. Uh, there's a whole lifestyle that that engenders, and I just wonder if that was maybe missed in part these days, you know? The craziness of touring and uh, all the behind-the-scenes stuff. Maybe we shouldn't be well, talking. Well, as a young about. man, there were plenty of uh, everything you could think of. But but uh, all the uh, these days, you know, we're just glad to be working. And you know, there's not one guy I know, and, and I know a lot of guys are contemporaries. You know, they everybody started out wanting to play and wanting to do what we do, and uh, they still want to. So uh, there's no reason to stop. Yeah, you're into your fifth decade now, or at least, aren't you? Uh, age or playing? Playing. <laughs> oh, yeah. This is the 50th anniversary coming up. I yeah. joined the band in 1969. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Uh, a long time coming. Listen, uh, the album's great. You know, when I was listening to The Alchemist, I mean, you guys cut the video, obviously, uh, during COVID times, too, no? Uh, yeah, we did. Uh, uh, to make a long story short, we actually, uh, our manager lives in Long Beach, uh, Long Island which is on the south shore of, of Long Island. And uh, his daughter goes to Long Beach High School, and they have a TV station in the high school. Uh, I guess it's a good high school because they have a TV station. Uh-huh. And um, they teach, uh, you know, audio and video arts in the high school. And uh, this is before school started at the end of August and um, or early September. And we went in there, and, and, and they allowed us to use the room for a day. And uh, we went in there and did four videos in one afternoon, uh, or at least at least you know the part parts of mm. it. And uh, we used their uh, they had a green screen, and we got all the guys playing all their parts against the green screen uh, uh, for all four videos. And bits and pieces of all the four videos were done in, in Long Beach High. Wow! Talk about efficiency. Uh, yeah, you guys yeah. nailed it. Well, I love it. Anyway, uh, and it was all done. In, it was all done individually, and we all were in the the next room adjoining, wearing masks. So um, <laughs> we we believe in science, right? <laughs> all right. All right. Uh, well, rock steady. Uh, really nice to talk to you. And uh, again, the official music video is uh, "The Alchemist" on the symbol remains. Uh, they launched the album on Friday, hot off the presses. And they there say are, there are three other videos besides "The Alchemist." You got it. Uh, All right. This is me. That was one of them. Got to let you go, Eric. I appreciate your weighing in. And uh, hopefully at some point, maybe the tour will take you post-COVID up to these parts. Uh, We would love to come up there. We love your country. We love Toronto. And uh, we would love to come up there. Uh, I've driven uh, over that Peace Bridge more than once. (laughs) Right. Just not recently because we know the rules. All right. Uh, Eric, going to let you run. All the best and uh, stay safe and healthy. Uh, Thank you very much, sir. Have a you good day. It. And you, Eric Bloom, lead singer, guitarist, keyboard player, Blue Oyster Cult. Like the man said, don't fear the Reaper. With this recent stage two light lockdown, if you will, restaurateurs believe this is the death knell, many of them. I've had it expressed to me. Uh, gym operators, ditto, bars, so on and so forth. 
So, you know, the idea that we're in this together uh, doesn't resonate, certainly not for my next guest, Andrew uh, Hood. Uh, Hod, my apologies, Andrew Hod, who's penned a piece in the Financial Post uh, talking about that very fact, uh, that we're not all in this together, despite all the government programs. Uh, some businesses are just untenable. He's the president of Vantage Venues in Lob Toronto, also sits on the America's Board of the International Association of Conference Centers. Andrew, good to have you on the Oakley Show. Good afternoon. John, thanks a lot for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate you coming on. I thought it was a, a very poignant piece and uh, insightful, too, to the point, because you're living this now firsthand. All the government mm-hmm. programs aren't necessarily enough to keep you afloat. Uh, and some people are actually, as you write, uh, commuting from home, and they're tickety-boo. On the other hand, some folks uh, can't even pay their rent. So uh, the winners and losers are rather discernible then. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um uh, I think we kind of go about our days just thinking that uh, this is something that's going to end and everything can just go back to normal or for um, a lot of people they can they'll just get their job back and whatnot and there's really no protection to uh, to indicate otherwise um, if you have your job and you're working from home uh, life goes on as normal um, people are kind of enjoying maybe not having a commute um, but uh, the reality is there's so many people, and particularly those workers are in some of the lower-paid industries, so uh, people who clean the office towers, um, uh, obviously restaurant workers, hotel workers, uh, you know, these people are generally on the, on the, the lower income, and uh, we've seen it. Uh, the data is there to show that uh, certainly the lower income have lost more out of this than, than anybody else. Well, tell me about your own situation specifically. I mean, uh, you're in uh, live event venues, and we know that that's all been shut down, and uh, you've been severely impacted. So by way of example, I mean, the government says they're stepping into the breach and uh, the myriad programs that have been on offer and extended now. Uh, how are you faring with all of those? Um, yeah, I mean, there's some things that are that are helpful. I, I won't I won't deny that, and I think there is a. I, I'm careful to be too critical, just because I think there, um, everybody's trying in this. There are no good solutions when it comes to COVID, um, but I think there's 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 obviously a failure to communicate or talk to small businesses because there's some some real gaps in the programming. Um, you know, I went through my article, uh, the majority of them, um, or the four major ones, I should say. So the, there's the $40,000 loan that you get. Um, we, our company didn't actually get it because our payroll was too high. Um, now, I do want to say that our management company was able to get it. So I just wanted to be clear about that. But um, it really it, it indicates that um, it, it's a bit, bit odd for, for small businesses that are suffering that they actually don't get this unsecured loan. Um, because they might employ too many people. Um, now, as far as the, the security goes, that brings up the, the BCAP program, which is something that um, we thought would be, be a loan that wouldn't be personally guaranteed. But in fact, the government is asking uh, for business owners to personally guarantee the loans that they're taking in order to keep their businesses this, um, which is you know, definitely a tough pill to swallow an entrepreneur, given that we don't have much direction from the government as to going and the most recent lockdown um caught a few people surprise um so there's just uh, so little direction and, and really the, the 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 small business owners are expected to to double down continuously on their own business right and uh effectively go into deeper debt uh if there's any way out i mean you're still going to have to pay it back at the end now you might catch a break onto uh how much you 
been loaned and some will be forgivable as grants, but in the end, you're still asked uh, to sign that uh, loan and you're responsible for it. Your business has been uh, decimated about 100%, you say. Is there any way back? Yeah, I mean, to be honest, John, we're really confident in our business coming back. I, I, I don't want to paint a picture of, you know, boohoo, poor me. Um, we're really lucky to have a tremendous culture, people, clients. I, I, I'm not, um, I'm, I'm not here to, to, you know, cry over that part of it. And, and uh, look, we're, we, we do need to get back to some sense of normal. We're not going to be living in, in, uh, you know, air bubbles the rest of our lives. We're going to get back, and people are going to be communicating in person once again. Um, and we, we already were doing that. We, we still do have um, events going on. We're doing a lot more virtual events, of course. Um, but we can see that in, in the activity. People are starting to ask already about 2021 and, and you know, looking at their schedule and, and, and choosing times to come in. We know it's going to be a long road back to recovery. Um, but at the end of the day, there, there certainly is a path there. And we're fortunate to have one, uh, you know, I, I say it uh, 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 somewhat reluctantly, uh, a government that does want us all to succeed. Um, but we also have a great partner in, in our landlord and our customer base and whatnot. So, so people, they're, they're, uh, I don't, like I said, I don't mean to paint such an, an ugly picture. Um, people who are involved in the process, they do understand that we're, we're, that we're not all into this, this together. It's, uh, I think the people on the periphery that are keeping their jobs, they don't seem to understand what maybe landlords and tenants that are in this, you know, hospitality industry or some of the other highly effective industries are going through. Finally, let me ask, I mean, it was uh, something that was submitted by Jagmeet Singh last week saying there are some people who are making excess profits. Uh, Amazon, he cited, you know, Netflix is having uh, boom times as well. So uh, do you think there ought to be tax restructuring for people who have been inordinately hit, uh, you know, in your industry, if not you per se? Uh, they should be getting some kind of relief on that front, whereas those who have done okay through all of this because they're almost, uh, you know, it's like recession-proof, uh, should they pay a little more in tax just to even the playing field? Hmm. Uh, geez, John, I didn't think you'd ask me that question, to be honest. Uh, it's a, um, uh, certainly highly, highly debatable. I don't think that right now is a great time to be increasing taxes, that's for sure. Um, I will say when I hear tax breaks at this time, that's certainly not effective either because you're not paying taxes if you're not making anything anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I, uh, uh, like I said, I, I don't think it's a good time for, for new taxes, and I think it's going to be a long way out of this. I think that people who don't think they're um, impacted right now are going to find themselves maybe impacted, uh, whether it's 6, 12, or 18, 24 months from now. Um, you know, this is, this is something that's going to take a long time to get it recovered. It, it, we, we've just taken a huge chunk out of the economy. And um, what we've done is obviously created some fear. Now, I, I'm, I'm not, I, I support, uh, you know, the, the healthcare workers and, and uh, you know, the, the epidemiologists are making recommendations and whatnot. Uh, I support that. This is a real problem that we definitely have to deal with. But at the other end of the, the the other side of the spectrum, we're going to have to deal with the fear as well. And as we all try and get back, get the economy back and get moving again, um, you know, we're going to have to deal with that. And we're going to have to figure out how we can get uh, things going again, because there's just so much at stake. I mean, this is unprecedented government debt that's been loaded on uh, future taxpayers. 
and uh, uh, we, we need to get back to some sort of sort of growth model. And uh, that, that means all industries firing in all cylinders. And, and I, we know it's going to take a while. Um, but I guess really to answer your question, all I can say is that we're going to have to take it easy on the taxation, uh, uh, certainly in the short term. Um, but uh, perhaps things like, you know, sort of bringing up um, maybe a tax on uh, uh, whether it's the high uh, tech, technical type industries or robotics. I know that's been talked about a lot. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm a supporter of that. I'm a supporter of getting people. Well, we'll burn that bridge when we get to it, I guess. Andrew, I got to let you go. Uh, I'm crushing the clock here. But uh, as I say, yeah, we'll burn that bridge when we get to it. I I appreciate your weighing in and giving us an insight, though, that we're not all in this together. It's not all, uh, you know, equally shared pain, uh, as well as prosperity, obviously. We'll let you go. Andrew Hodd, again, president of You Got Advantage Venues and Lob Toronto. That's it for the Oakley Show podcast for Monday, October 12th, 2020. You can listen live weekday afternoons from 3 to 6 Eastern. Turn the dial to 640. Listen live at 640toronto.com or search the name John Oakley on Spotify. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio. 